Order like a champ at Raisin Cane's. With tailgates of hand-battered chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade, you can guarantee victory for every game day meal. Raisin Cane's Chicken Finger, one love. Order online or on our app. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Exclude stacks. Must be opted into rewards. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. With Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. I'm so excited that you're joining in today. Guys, Fireborn Ministries exists to awaken this generation to the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'd like you to you know, click on the links provided for the Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course that's available or even the Spirit Empowered Journal. I, I want to equip you and empower you to draw closer to Jesus, draw closer to the wonderful Holy Spirit, and it to learn how to study the scripture more and more deeply. And please feel free to purchase the Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. It's available on charismacourses.com. You want to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Do you want signs and wonders to take place through you? Do you want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover or people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Are you looking for a game-changing move of God? I believe that it begins with our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. When I'm developing the Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course, I know will equip you and empower you to walk in the love and grace and power of the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, know Him better. I believe that this e-course will equip you and empower you to walk in the power of God and it will benefit your church community, it will bless you and your small group. I am Jared Lasky of Fireborn Ministries. the Fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. It's available for you on charismacourses.com. Feel free to purchase that and the Spirit Empowered Journal. But guys, I'm so excited to be introducing my special guest today, Jason Dodrill of Gateway Church. Jason is honored to be the lead pastor of Gateway Church in Shelbyville, Tennessee. He's a graduate of Lee University and is an ordained bishop in the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. But he is quick to point out that his greatest accomplishment in life is his family, Sylvia, Trevin, and Samuel. And he has a new podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network, the Jason Dodrill Podcast. Jason, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit. Hey, thank you, Jared. It's an honor to be with you today. 
Well, it's, a, it's my honor, my pleasure to be here with you. I'm so excited for what God has in store for us. And I want to encourage everybody, please feel free to share this broadcast. But Jason, you know, you've got this new podcast, the Jason Dodrill podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. Uh, I'm excited. You're just a couple episodes in, but it's already been awesome. You interviewed Catherine Mullins, uh, the, the worship leader, worship pastor, and that was a great article as well on charismamag.com. I want to refer people to that. But Jason, I'm curious, how did you or how did God get hold of your life? Yeah. Um, so first of all, thanks for for all that, Jared. I appreciate it. Um I think for me, I grew up around church. Um, you know, my dad uh, was an alcoholic, got miraculously delivered. Uh, my mom was a Christian already. And um, so we went to church, um, encountered the Holy Spirit, um, knew he was real. Uh, but then as a teenager, really had a um, just a divine encounter with the Lord. Uh, after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, felt called to preach. I remember uh, one of my friends had a... Um, had a birthday party. It was turning 15 and we all gathered around there for the pool party. And, uh, at this party was where, um, something miraculous happened that really impacted my life. And, uh, so if it's cool with you, I'll go ahead and jump right in the oh, deep end of the pool and, and share this it. with Let's you. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, my friends were there and, and really none of them were, were saved at that point. And, uh, they had rented a movie called Howard Stern's private parts. It was kind of like a, a, like a biography of Howard Stern. It was like a, Raunchy movie, uh, yeah, the radio, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, bro, you really are sanctified, Jared. <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, they were watching that, and and you know, I wasn't trying to be, you know, pompous or anything, but I, I was like, oh, guys, I'm not watching this. So I went in the other room and started reading my Bible. You know, long story short, every one of those guys, we had the house to ourselves with a pool, 15 year old uh, guys that weekend, and uh, ended up leading them all to the Lord, which was awesome. So good. And so uh, I was like, hey, man, might as well baptize them. We got a pool. So we're out in the pool baptizing them. And uh, when I'm in the pool, it's it's nighttime. You know, it's clear sky. You can see the stars. And I remember when I went and I baptized one of my friends, his name is Jay. Um, as he was coming up out of the water, I felt like it was like a piece of silk or something kind of drug across my back. And I just went totally weak. I couldn't stand. I was kind of just floating in the water a little bit. And uh, just kind of lost my strength and I could feel like somebody was behind me. And I looked at at Jay's face as he's wiping the water from his eyes after being baptized. And he looks up over my shoulder and his eyes get real big. And uh, and I turn around to see what it is. And there's this huge white ball of fire about about 20 feet off the ground, um, which it was just there for about three or four seconds. And then just went up into the night, the night sky and uh so I'm like obviously marked by that. But then a week later, I had this this incredible dream. And in the dream, I was trying to get up a mountain after leaving a battlefield. And I'm trying to climb this mountain and I'm sliding down the mud and uh, sliding down to the bottom. I knew the enemy was at the bottom and he wanted to get me down there. And I finally, after trying and trying and trying um, on my own to get up there, I called on Jesus. And Jesus came. He took me by the hand. Um uh, all of a sudden the mud was totally gone from my clothes and I started walking up the mountainside. And every time I would step, I was worried, what if I slip on the mud and the word of God would appear like a stepping stone. So I was kind of going up, standing on the word with the word. Um, and then when I got to the top of the mountain, I set up in my bed and I was just praying in the spirit and that white ball of fire was on my head. Um, and so it's all I could see. I thought I died and went to heaven in my sleep. And so, um, 
so I'm naturally, if I'm being very honest with you, I'm, I'm naturally like bent toward kind of being cynical, um, a little bit skeptical. And so I guess the Lord was like, I'm going to make sure he has some overt encounters with me. That way he can't question um, whether I'm real or I know the doubts he's going to have. And what I like to say is the Lord just marked me during that time. And so ever since then, um, you know, I've had some some zigging and zagging, but um, had some times of ups and downs. But the Lord has been faithful. Went to Lee, have a family, pastor a church. Like it's just been an incredible journey and uh, can't wait to see what's ahead. Yeah, I love that. So can we backtrack just a little bit? Because yeah. you mentioned the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. If it weren't for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't, I wouldn't be here today. It was a profound, deep, intimate, supernatural encounter. Words don't do justice to describing it. How are you baptized with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, uh, so I grew up in a... Um, more classical Pentecostal church mm-hmm. um, in Alabama. And it was, uh, some would call it a a backwoods church. We like to call it, um, you know, country dignified church. Um, and so we uh, just, people that were hungry for God, man, wasn't a lot of education, wasn't a lot of production, just people that love God. And, and so I remember I had, I was seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was hungry for more of the Lord. And uh, so me and a group of guys, just teenagers at the time, we we decided we had back in the day when you had Sunday morning and Sunday night service. Um, so we had a Sunday morning service and we decided to stay and fast lunch and pray through the afternoon until the evening service. And um, it was during that time that uh, one of the, the guys was praying with me and uh, I felt like this this rising up in my my belly and it just started flowing. I went to say hallelujah and hallelujah didn't come out. And so just began speaking in other tongues and never was the same after that. I love it. I love, I love that. Yeah. Uh, the baptism of the Holy spirit is for today. It, and it, it equips you, makes you a better witness uh, uh, for the glory of Jesus to share his gospel and his love. And uh, it's exciting how God is moving in many different ways, baptizing with the spirit around the world. But Jason, I'm curious. So you mentioned, we're, we're going to fast forward here a little bit. So you, you had the supernatural encounter at that pool, baptizing your friends and seeing these supernatural encounters with angels. You know, what else has God done? What is the next thing? You know, you were young then, but God used you in power. What other direction was the Lord leading you in? Because you mentioned that for you, you know, you're practical, you're solid, you know, solid in the scripture, but you need an encounter to confirm what the scripture says, you know, what was the next thing that God did in your life? Yeah. So I remember after that, I I started preaching. Um, And so when I started preaching, I got up there and I had nothing to say. Um, so I remember I just did what Pentecostals did. I screamed everything I knew in the Bible. Um, so, uh, I decided at that point, I not only do I need this amazing encounter, but I need to have something to say. So I ended up going to the university. Then I went to the Pentecostal theological seminary after that, and, uh, just dedicated myself to studying scripture and all of that, uh, went into pastoral ministry. And if I'm being really honest with you, um, there's a slippery slope in this world, uh, especially for pastors and leaders, to where um, 
I think it's both breath and bones. Like we need structure and we need spirit. I think those are, are significant. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I don't think there's a dichotomy there that we need to look at. I think that we can have both and. But the tension is hard to manage sometimes. And so I went through a season where I kind of focused more on the system side. I focused more on uh, you know, the structure side. And I kind of got a little dry. And so in my, in my late 20s, I experienced some renewal um, in the Holy Spirit. And the Lord just reminded me what he you know, brought me from, what he brought me through, the encounters I'd had with him. And so that launched me into this desire to see both and, that we can... In this kingdom life, we can do things well because really all systems really are is they're, they're tools for us to steward people well, for us to be able to love and serve them well. That's all they are. It's not some, you know, grow a church quick scheme, like real good systems help us love people and steward them well. That's all they do. And so what well, we can have that and we can also have incredible, amazing encounters with the Holy Spirit. And and my heart is this, the church that I pastor, we're a presence driven church. Uh, we've seen God do the miraculous. Somebody told me that if you, uh, in the church growth circles, they told me if you have spirit baptism, if you have gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you have encounters like that with God, you can't grow a church. And our church grew from 60 to 1,200 in just a few years because of the presence of the Lord, um, because of the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't, it wasn't in spite of, I mean, it was the catalyst for our growth. So now I'm at this place where I'm just passionate to see the more of God. I want to see my sons encounter the more of God. Um, and I just want to be faithful in each each step. I'm trying not to get preconceived ideas about what each encounter will look like, but I'm just open to to whatever God wants to do in this season and uh, and just follow him faithfully. Yeah, I love that. Now, we were talking earlier and you mentioned uh, seeing Jesus. Uh, can you expand on that encounter? And then how that gave you a revelation of him and then empowered you for your ministry. Yeah, yeah. Um, in reference to the dream where Jesus came and took me. Yeah. Away. yeah. So um, I just remember in that um, in that experience that I felt a lot of shame. I felt a lot of disappointment in myself. I felt a lot of failure and um, religion uh, was was pretty ran pretty deep in me. I mean, if you come from a. Uh, classical Pentecostal background, you typically come from a classical Pentecostal holiness background. Mm-hmm. And and while I, man, I believe in holiness, we need holiness. I think we need to understand what holiness is. I think William Greathouse said it best. We need to find uh, holiness as, as love made perfect um, in his book. And I think that's exactly what we need to see holiness as. If I'm loving God with all that I am and I'm loving my neighbor and I'm loving myself and I'm going to, my life will look holy and be lived holy um, because of that. And so I, I used to see it as like a list of what to do and what not to do. This this kind of moral checklist that I have to make sure that I, that I'm doing, or this am I praying enough? Am I fasting enough? And and it kind of all shifted with me after that encounter with Jesus, to where I started seeing that it's not if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Like if you love me, you got to prove it. It's like if you love me, if you start with love, then you're going to keep my commandments because mm-hmm. love is the catalyst for that. And so seeing Jesus and how loving he was, how gracious he was to lead me up that mountain um, and just to hold me by the hand and to provide for me every step of the way, uh, that gave me the courage to think that, hey, I can make this. Because at the time, I'm a struggling teenage boy, and I feel like God has given up on me, and uh, I can never be holy enough or good enough, and uh, that changed everything for me. I love it. What what did Jesus look like in, in your dream? Yeah. So in the dream, I, I really didn't get to see his face. 
Um, I wish I could give you a great explanation of this, but uh, it was more of I just knew it was him. Uh, it was like an inner knowing. It's almost like the sheep know his voice, you know, yeah. and I just knew the voice and uh, walked with him. I love it. That is so good. I want to encourage anybody who's watching now or later who will be listening in later that Jesus loves to reveal himself to you. And in in dreams and visions, you may not see him completely, but just as, as you're sharing, J- Jason, you sensed him, you, you saw a part of him, you know, like there are times where I might Record, I could sense that it's Jesus, but all I'm seeing is his hand, you yeah. know, or his feet, uh, but it's still Jesus. Absolutely. So, Jason, how did God lead you to start and lead Gateway Church in Shelbyville, Tennessee? Yeah. So, uh, interesting story behind that. I was actually um, pastoring, and, and we're within a movement or a denomination called the Church of God. And so, you know, oftentimes you navigate, you go from, yeah, oh, love them, man. Honored to be a part of it. Uh, great, rich heritage of people of the Spirit. And, and I love that. Um, one of the things that, that we do is sometimes, you know, you'll take a church here or you'll take a church there. Sometimes you plant. And um, so I was actually at a church called Gateway Worship Center outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I had a, a, just a, I've had maybe three open visions in my life. Mm-hmm. And I had just an open vision where I saw the name Gateway Church with a cross logo. And I was like, okay, that, that's interesting. We're called Gateway Worship Center. I guess God wants me to change the name to Gateway Church. So I preached a whole sermon series, how we're not a place where people, we're not just a center, we're, we're the, the church, the ecclesia, and, and we voted to change the name there. And then my bishop called me and said, the Lord spoke to me that you're supposed to go to a different church. I said, what church? He said, Gateway Church in uh, Shelbyville, Tennessee. And so uh, Gateway's been here for about 80 years. It's an 80-year-old church. Uh, but when I got here, there was about uh, about 60 people. And I didn't really want to come here. I thought my next move would be into a major city. Uh, we're about 45 minutes from Nashville and about uh, 25 minutes from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, but it's a, it's a town of less than 30,000 people. And I didn't think I would come here. It's known as the walking horse capital of the world. So there's like horses everywhere. And and uh, I was like, God, I don't want to go to that place. And he spoke to me and he said, he said, the message of John the Baptist was so powerful that they left the city to go to the wilderness. And if you'll preach what I put in your mouth, people will come from all over to Shelbyville, Tennessee, to be a part of the move of God. And wow. uh, and so we, we've seen that, man. Our, our worship team signed with Integrity Music. Their albums go out all over the world. We uh, People move here just to be a part of the church. And I don't say that to boast. I say that to say I moved here and none of that looked possible. Lord blessed us with a Walmart building next door to us. I mean, it's just like thing after thing, a miraculous um, things of provision and, and doors opening from the Lord. So I'm just, I'm incredibly humble and grateful. So I came here kicking and screaming, but I came here in obedience. Um, and oftentimes, even though it doesn't look like it, if you just obey, you find your place of, of, of miraculous intervention. And that's what I found. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned a Walmart building. Can yeah. you share that story of how God opened those doors? Yeah, yeah. So we were at the time in a building that would seat 150 um, at the most. I mean, it was, um, you know, jammed with that. And so we we had grown in that church. We went to multiple services in that church. And uh, I was uh, became a friend with a, a guy in town, served on a ministry board with him. His name is Ron. And uh, so Ron and I got really close. We had both had hearts for the kingdom. I'm, you know, Pentecostal, charismatic. He's he's Episcopal. Uh, we both love Jesus, and 
uh, I told him, I said, you're going to keep uh, playing around the banks of the river, Ron, long enough, and you're going to end up falling in. So just uh, just come get some more of the Holy Spirit if you want it. And uh, he's just a guy that's hungry for the Lord. Great guy. And um, so I went to a, a prayer conference that we have. It's it's a thing we do in the Church of God. And a friend of mine there named Tony Stewart was preaching and sharing the story of City Life in Tampa. And uh, it was a miraculous story. And I remember I came back from that, and I called a 5 a.m. prayer meeting on a Friday uh, you only get extra safe people that show up at 5 a.m. to pray on a Friday. And so uh, we were praying and a lady named Jen Buckner, who was uh, my assistant, she said, Pastor, I feel like we're supposed to buy the Walmart building next door. And I said, uh, her husband's a CEO. I said, Jen, I said, our budget is 10000 a month, 10000 a month. How are we going to buy a Walmart building? She says, I feel like God says we're supposed to buy it. I was like, I was like, Jen, not everybody's married to a CEO. Like, we can't do this, you know? And um she said, I just feel it. So all of a sudden I described, um, it's how I explained the gift of faith. It wasn't something that like I just manufactured on my own. I felt something rise up in me and it was faith to believe. So I called Ron that day. He said, let's meet Tuesday. I came over. He said, tell me your vision. I shared the vision. I said, can we rent half the building? And, uh, my verse of the day that day was in Isaiah where it talks about, uh, uh, getting a double portion of the land. I believe it's Isaiah 61, 7, um, if I'm not mistaken. And so um, I come in here asking for half the building to rent half the building. He says, I'm not going to rent you half the building. He said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm going to sell you the whole thing. Um, just had a brand new $400,000 roof put on. I'm going to sell you the whole thing for $800,000. Uh, he said, I'm going to buy your old building from you. I'm going to loan you the money for the build out. I'm going to loan you the money for the building personally. And, uh, so it was just a thing we couldn't have got a loan from the bank if we wanted to, but God sent this man who said, we want to partner with you. And, uh, and so we moved in and, uh, we launched with about 500 people and wasn't long, went to multiple services and, and mind you, this is with people encountering the Holy spirit. This is not, this is not like, you know, what people would call seeker sensitive or whatever. Like we were going after revival and, uh, people's lives have been changed. I love it. Pursuing the presence. So you and I had had a phone conversation and I, I was, you know, I shared how I planted two churches, successfully closed one. And that's a whole nother story about, uh, I tried to merge with a, a church. Uh, we got manipulated. There was emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, a number of different things, you know, and, uh, but it actually transformed me through the failure, through humbling myself, apologizing to the people I was leading, you know, and it made me stronger and even prophetically to just speak the truth, you know, uh, uh, don't tolerate the emotional, spiritual manipulation, things like that. I mean, you know, look at people's track records. I mean, things like that. But we learn from failure in order to succeed. And I dropped a bunch of weight, went under a transformation, now doing this. And I'm loving what God has me doing. And uh, I told you on the phone that if God were to tell me to do it again, I would just pursue the presence of God. There are man-made principles. There are structures and systems that, that work depending on what God has told people. But I can't copy someone else's model. Uh, But I believe in the presence of God. And then going from there, what did God show you uh, for Gateway Church? And how did your church 
start pursuing the presence and seeing uh, what God showed you? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And love what you said about how you can't just copy another. That, that's really popular right now is just to copy other churches. And and one thing I had to learn is there's a difference between healthy growth and infection. Mm. Uh, infection swells and it looks like growth, but it's not real growth. Um, and if you just copy someone else and you do the sociological principles of you know, creating community, what, like you can grow a crowd, you know, that's not an issue. Jesus had no issue getting a crowd, um, but he was very intentional to get disciples. And and I think that's something that's significant. And the only way he could have disciples was by them being in his presence. So like they had to spend time with Jesus. So I think presence is at the forefront. When I first preached here, we preached Exodus thirty three fifteen, the first sermon I ever preached at this church, which is Basically, Moses saying, God, if you don't go with us, don't take us from this place. And and I told the church, I said, listen, if God's not with us, I don't want to go. Um, like, I, I don't want to go. We can be 50,000 people, but if he's not with us, I don't want to go. And I think when you set that vision early and we we had a, a guiding statement that presence is priority. We, we've grown it to three. We have three guiding statements as a church, which is presence is priority. Revival is reality uh, and community is cultivated. And so those are those are kind of what got us as a church. Now, I will say this. You talked about failure. And um, one of the things I want to point out is even though like we're buying a Walmart building, like all these great things are happening. There's a, a you know, the church is growing. It had it was doubling every year at that time, it seemed um, during that also was the most intense storm of my life. Uh, so literally in the middle of the build out, my general contractor, he was just overwhelmed, couldn't finish the job. And I had to take over a multi-million dollar building project. In the middle of that, trying to do that, I get a call from my dad. My mom had lung cancer. So mm-hmm. I had to go home. Um, little Long story short, she got diagnosed on a Monday, died the next Tuesday um, from a medical error. So she she suffocated in the hallway with me there beside her. And what's interesting is it was, so, it, oh, thank you. it was so horrific. I passed out. But what I remember is there was an African-American family next to in the room next door as we we're in the hallway and they were in the room that saw everything and they began praying in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I just remember I remember hearing that as I, I hit my head on the floor. And so that night I'm praying and, and about six months later, my brother got cancer and passed away. So it was a really hard time. And, and during that time, though, uh, the night my mom died, I prayed and I said, uh, I said, Lord, I said, I don't always ask just for an overt sign, but I need a sign to know. Uh, that my mom is okay. And my phone dinged and I looked and I said, I have a voicemail from my mom. I'm like, wait a minute. Like how, how old am I getting a voicemail from my mom? I thought, well, maybe somebody's used her phone. So I opened up the voicemail and it was sent almost three months earlier. Um, and it hadn't hit my phone until the night oh. she died. So I opened up the voice. You might share the voicemail with you just to hear what I heard the night she died that God sent this. I feel like the Lord sent this. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I just thought I'd let you know your mama was still living. I talked to you later. Wow. Wow. So, Whew. so. Whew. Holy Spirit hit me. Bro, I was like, it oh. literally, you can't, you can't get that that specific. Hey, I just thought I'd let you know your mom's still living. Wow. I'll talk to you later. And uh, that's how good oh. Jesus is, man, is that in the middle of my brokenness, he said, I want to suspend Verizon for a couple of months because I know he's going to need this the night that I bring her home. Oh, the Holy Spirit. I got Holy Spirit goosebumps. 
Your mom's Dude. still living. And that's the spiritual She's reality. She's in heaven. She's more alive than ever before. Than ever before, man. Oh. Yeah. But but interesting, some months later, the Lord uh, asked me, when I, I listened to that voicemail probably 10,000 times, as you can imagine, yeah. I listened to it and it said, hey, I just thought I'd let you know your mom's still living. The Holy Spirit asked me, but Jason, are you? And mm. that's how he pulled me out of the grief that I was in, um, was wow. telling me existing and living are not the same thing. Wow. Yeah, that's the truth. Jason, let's take this opportunity. The Holy Spirit wants to move in power. What direction is he leading you for our audience? Yeah, the thing I'm feeling in my spirit right now is just that there's people who are watching that are feeling and facing disappointment. Mm. Um, I think maybe you you feel like you've done all the right things. You've prayed the prayers. You've been faithful. And maybe what you were dreaming for didn't manifest. Maybe maybe the the ministry you thought you'd launch didn't take off. Maybe the people that you thought would support you didn't show up. Uh, maybe you've lost someone like I lost people in my life. And and I think a lot of times we we see and we cultivate the gifts and we celebrate and honor people's abilities and we we're with them on the mountaintop at Carmel, but but are we with them in the cave when they're struggling? And I just feel the Lord is is wanting to to really break off some grief, some disappointment, um, and just an overall spirit of dread that can set up in people's hearts and spirits where they're carrying the residual effects of the woundedness from yesterday. And I feel like the Lord just wants to wipe the slate clean to give a fresh canvas for him to paint a vision and a future. And just, I just keep seeing in mind like canvas blank and that the Lord is beginning to to paint something beautiful again. And you got to be able to see that. And if people can see that with hope and say that, God, I know it may not have happened there, I thought, but I trust you that you're going to get me where you promised to get me. Um, I just feel like God's going to bring a resurgence of hope and trust uh, and faith for the future. I love it. I love it. Can you pray that over our audience, those watching now, watching later, or listening in on the Adventures in the Spirit podcast when this releases? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you are good and you are present. Thank you that you were with me in my time of pain. Thank you that you're with me in every season of my life, Lord. You've never left me. You've never forsaken me. But Lord, I believe that you're also with everyone who's listening right now. I just feel right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you are you're breaking through the clouds of depression and despair and grief and disappointment. God, you're given a fresh hope. You're yeah. given fresh vision. You're letting you're encouraging them right now, Lord. You're strengthening them. Yeah. You're bringing joy back to their heart right now. So right now, every assignment of the enemy, every attack on the mind, every wound and a soul, I just speak healing to it and wholeness right now in the name of Jesus, God. Bring everyone into alignment with your heart, God, with your hope, and to see the possibilities of your future. In Jesus' name, I declare it now. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jason. Can you, um, before I conclude this, can you explain yeah. your podcast, the Jason Dodrill podcast, now on the Charisma Podcast Network? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and also, man, thank you again, Jared. Thank you for what you're doing to to highlight stories and testimonies and ministries and voices. Um, you're literally using your platform to create a platform for others. And and that's so kingdom, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to serve, man. Thank you. Absolutely. So yeah, the podcast is basically this. It's uh, it's called the Jason Daldrell podcast just because I couldn't get creative enough to come up with an idea for the name for it. So um, I figured I will uh, go with the name that uh, my parents gave me. 
And uh, it's also, it, it's, it's a very diverse podcast. It's literally, it's about the kingdom and navigating the kingdom, living life in the kingdom. So it'll be everything. One week we'll talk about, you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, one week we'll talk about dreams and visions. The next week we'll talk about fitness and, you know, our finances and I mean, whatever. Um, I just released one this week at the time that we're doing this interview. Um, and it's a conversation I have with uh, with one of my best friends on uh, racial reconciliation and, and, and justice. And then I have, you know, Catherine Mullins and other interviews or teaching. So it's a very diverse podcast. And the point of it is this. Um, I love pastoring the church that God's given me to pastor. I love preaching the gospel. But I wanted to have an outlet to be able to share kingdom things, conversations, I can't tell you how many times I'll be sitting in a room with someone that I respect in the faith. And I'm like, man, I wish somebody could hear what we're talking about right now. Um, and so that's the whole idea behind the podcast is just to try to have um, a resource to release kingdom content, to do the best we can to see God's kingdom expand. I love that. I love that. So thank you so much for being on Adventures in the Spirit with Jerry Lasky. I want to encourage anybody, everybody subscribe to the Jason Dodrill podcast. It's alongside my podcast, Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Both are on the Charisma Podcast Network. So you could go to www.cpnshows.com and you could subscribe. It's both podcasts are also available on Apple, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, and anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So I want to encourage all of you Listen in, subscribe and share to the Jason Dodrill podcast and also Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. And please feel free to share this broadcast today. Uh, Jason, what other way is the best way for people to get more information about you and your ministry? Yeah, um, website, jasondodrill.com. Um, we just launched it. So we're, we're adding stuff to it um, literally weekly right now. So I got a blog on there. got some other information on there. Also, uh, you can check us out at gatewayshelbyville.com. Uh, it's our church website. You can find sermons and, and information there. Uh, check out Madison Street Worship. Um, that's our, our worship team. It's Corey Voss and Madison Street Worship. They're they're amazing and anointed. Um, and also, I just love to connect with people on social media. You can look me up at Jason Dodrell, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, love to hear from people who love Jesus. And so feel free to reach out. Thank you so very much, Jason. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you on Adventures in the Spirit. Hey, thank you, Jared. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. 